Welcome to Girlish Gurus. I'm Joy. I'm Lorraine. And I'm Susan. And we're here to have discussions about topics on many subjects that we hope are informative, uplifting, and fun. We're also discussing how to live your best, healthiest, and happiest lives, especially for women who are in their second act. So let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Girlish Gurus. I'm Joy. And I'm Lorraine. Yay! (laughs) Today on this episode, what are we talking about, Lorraine? We are talking about the leading cause of death for women. Ooh, this is a big one. Yep, and it's time to pay attention. It is definitely time to pay attention. Mm -hmm. So you, being a menopause-focused health coach, Mm -hmm. you are constantly looking at all different issues that affect women well into their post-menopausal years. Yes. Well, well into their perimenopausal. Perimenopause to postmenopausal years. Yes. Mm -hmm. And this one is a big one. Yeah, because each of them comes with their own issues, right? We start off with the perimenopause symptoms, and women think once they've reached menopause, which is actually just one day, Mm -hmm. 12th month anniversary of when menses cease, you're postmenopausal for the rest of your life, and that comes with other concerns, other health concerns, and one of them is cardiovascular disease. Dun-dun-dun. And statistics show that 500,000 women die annually from cardiovascular disease. That's one in every three women's deaths. That's huge. Yeah. And 90% of cardiovascular disease comes from risk factors that are controllable. (laughs) That's really important to note. Right, right. And according to the Cleveland Clinic, many people, many women, mistakenly think that breast cancer is more of a threat and underestimate how deadly cardiovascular disease truly is. Now so, let that sink in for a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. something. Because you hear all about, right? Breast cancer. Breast cancer. Constantly breast mm-hmm. cancer awareness. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't diminish that. Right. It is an issue. It is. But people forget cardiovascular yeah. disease is a big, big issue as well. Big issue. Big issue. And it brings a lot of other issues to light. Mm-hmm. In the medical world. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, first, let's just talk about the risk factors. Okay. So cholesterol levels mm-hmm. are a risk factor. Blood pressure, smoking, and diabetes. This is an important one. Lack of movement and exercise. And those things can lead to the things we just talked about. Right. So lack of movement and exercise. Cardiovascular disease can begin and does begin at an early age. And it's based mainly on what we are eating and how we are moving our bodies. So for those women who are listening to this right now, pay attention, especially as you guide your children now through their lives. Because starting from an early age to really appreciate living a healthy lifestyle, paying attention to what we're putting in our bodies, how we're moving our bodies, will probably guarantee that they'll have a better outcome with their life later. Well, right. And I do want to say, we talk a lot about our demographic, which is women who are 45 and older, but I really hope younger people are listening to this podcast Yeah, because they can learn so much about how to eat and how to move and and how to take care of themselves Mm -hmm. in a way that they're going to have not just a longer life, but a happier and healthier one. Yes. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Starting right here. Starting now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. From an early age. Another risk factor is since estrogen is believed to have a positive effect on the inner layer of our artery walls, keeping blood vessels flexible and able to accommodate blood flow 
Obviously, when we go through menopause, our estrogen levels are declining, and so that could affect our cardiovascular health. Now, for many women, there are studies that show that HRT can be very beneficial through the perimenopause years, starting early on and going, I think that the, the suggestion is no more than 10 years post-menopause. So you wouldn't want to start HRT more than 10 years post-menopause right. because it could have a detrimental effect after that. Even if you are not doing HRT, which is hormone replacement therapy, mm-hmm. or otherwise known, it could be menopause hormone therapy, MHT. Even if you choose not to do that for whatever reason, and for some it's because they've had breast cancer or other female cancers, a family history... So whatever your reason is for not wanting to do hormone therapy, you still want to pay attention to all the other things that could prevent cardiovascular disease. Right. The eating, the movement, reducing stress levels, all right. of that. We really want to pay attention to that. So Joy alluded to the <laughs> to the fact that there are other things of concern in Western medicine. And we're going to do a whole episode on this, but I just oh, yeah. we're just going to pop this in here. Medical misogyny with women's health and Specifically, now we're talking about menopause and women's Mm -hmm. health. It was only in the last decade that doctors and scientists discovered that women present with different symptoms than men when they're having a heart attack, and that doctors are seven times more likely to misdiagnose a woman having a heart attack and discharge her mid-attack. As well, this, this, this one blew my mind. Women whose heart attacks are treated by male physicians are two to three times more likely to die. That is frightening shit. <laughs> that is mind-boggling. That yeah. blows my mind. Yeah. But I, I crazy. Yeah. That's just crazy. So we're going to talk a little bit about what the signs are and what for women there can be different signs. Okay. Usually are different signs. But also studies have shown that compared with men, women face longer waits to be diagnosed with cancer, heart disease, are treated less aggressively for traumatic brain injury and are less likely to be offered pain medications. <laughs> That's just lovely. Yeah. Mhm. Things have got to change. Oh, this is a big issue mm-hmm. that you and I and Susan, we've all discussed it at mm-hmm. length. Yeah. Yes, things have got to change. Yeah. It's just crazy. So be on the lookout for a future episode. <laughs> I think multiple future episodes. Yes. Because there is a reason mm-hmm. this is the case with modern medicine right now. Mm-hmm. And understanding the history of it a little bit. Yeah. We'll go a long way toward helping to change things for the future. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We really it really needs to be changed. Yeah. Yeah. So in the meantime, though, we want you to pay attention to your health and pay attention to the possible signs. So these are the recommendations from the American Heart Association. Of course, if you have any of these signs, you call 911 and get to the hospital right Right away. away. Right. Okay, so uncomfortable pressure, squeezing, fullness or pain in the center of your chest. It lasts more than a few minutes or goes away and comes back. Now, that one is usually common for both men and women, Mm -hmm. okay? So that's one of the most common ones. Pain or discomfort in one or both arms, the back, the neck, the jaw, or the stomach. Excuse my New York accent, (laughs) jaw. But, and actually for women, the jaw is a, a, a common one for women, more so I think than men. Okay. Shortness of breath with or without chest discomfort. 
So if it's like something all of a sudden that has not happened to you before and it's not going away, that could be right. a sign. Other signs such as breaking out in a cold sweat, nausea, or lightheadedness. And as with men, women's most common heart attack symptom is chest pain or discomfort. But women are somewhat more likely than men to experience some of the other common symptoms, particularly the shortness of breath, nausea, vomiting, and back or jaw pain. That's uh, quite the list. Yeah. So I know several women who saved their own lives because they had recently heard these symptoms, had not known that there were different symptoms for women, had recently heard like within a week of having a heart attack and got themselves to the hospital because they were experiencing some of these uncommon symptoms that you would think are uncommon for. Wow. Yeah. Well, I think part of the benefit of being female is we are more in tune with certain things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We are better with our intuition we're better with sensing things going on in our families. And I think to a great extent, based on the fact that we have monthly cycles and things like that, mm-hmm. we are more in tune with our bodies. Yes. And we can feel when something's off. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the takeaway here is it can be something quite subtle. Mm-hmm. And just having that presence of mind to realize, ooh, this might be something I need to have checked out. Definitely. Can go a long way towards saving your life. Yes. Yeah. And one of my girlfriends started feeling she thought she was having indigestion. And it went on for a day and a half. It was not going away. And then I think it extended into her jaw. And she realized, okay, I'm having, I, a, heart I'm, I'm having a heart attack. She literally drove herself. I don't know why she didn't call it an ambulance. Right. She drove herself to the emergency room, walked in and said, I think I'm having a heart attack. And of course, you do that. And immediately yes. you're, t- you're taken in. And sure enough, she was mid-attack. She ended up having to have um, a stent put in the next day and having surgery. And she has a funny story, which I'll tell another time about it, because she had me in tears laughing about the whole situation. But she's alive because she was one of the ones that had just heard about it, like maybe the week before about the symptoms. Yeah. She said, I just heard about this. That's amazing. So I knew something wasn't right. Well, okay. So we've talked about the signs. Mm Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this sad, unfortunate situation Mm -hmm. of medical science right now as it applies to women, women's health, and women's bodies, specifically within the realm of heart disease. What about prevention? What kinds of things can we do to prevent heart attacks? Yeah. So one of the things, and I love this because I've partnered with this company, and this is not a a sponsorship for them or anything. No, but but we're looking for sponsors, so please feel free. free. But Lifeline Screening is a preventative lab service. They travel around the country. They set up mostly at like churches and schools and things like that where you can go and get a series of of tests. I think there are like five tests because unfortunately, unless you are symptomatic, you go to your doctor and you say, you know, I I just want to get checked out. I just want to have my carotid arteries checked. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure nothing's going on. They will not order a screening for you if you have absolutely no symptoms, no matter your age, no matter what your diet might be like or your lack of exercise or anything. As a matter of fact, I had my doctor tell me, well, you don't look like someone who would should be concerned about what their heart. You present as healthy. I am like, excuse me, You don't know what's going on inside of my body because I had said to her, I said, do you think I should go to have these screenings done? She goes, no, I don't recommend them. 
She said, unless you're having any kind of symptoms. Well, what I've discovered doing the research, oftentimes the very first symptom is either a stroke or a heart attack. (laughs) Right. So I am scheduling mine. I am not having symptoms, but I want to be sure I'm 65 years old. I want to have that preventative. Mm -hmm. I want to have what they call lifeline screening likes to say that peace of mind. I want to have peace of mind that nothing is going on. Another reason doctors wouldn't send you is because insurance won't cover the screenings if there are no symptoms. So what we want to do, right, to prevent, so have a screening, that would be a good start. We want to change any lifestyles that may be detrimental to our heart. So we want to be eating healthy. We want to be including healthy fats and lots of fruits and veggies, healthy proteins, and eliminate all the crap that's out there, right? Mm-hmm. All that processed food, all the stuff that's going to Sugar. lead to- Sugar, big one, lead to metabolic disorders, lead to cardiovascular disease, Mm -hmm. stress reduction, big one. Oh, huge. And if you listen to the Blue Zones episode, then you will know that how important all of these things are for longevity. Mm -hmm. Big stress reduction. So things that we can do for that are breathing exercises, yoga, walking. Meditation. Meditation is a big one. Gratitude journaling. Mm -hmm. There are so many things that we can do to really bring those stress levels down. Gratitude yeah. journaling is a great thing to do before you go to bed at night. Write down three things that you're grateful for. It can change your life. Do it for 30 days. It can change your life. And according to John Hopkins Medicine, and based on the current research, the FDA recommends that women who use hormone replacement therapy do so under close medical supervision and only for managing menopausal symptoms such as hot flashes. Women are not advised to use HRT or hormone replacement therapy for reducing cardiovascular risk. Now, I've heard many doctors talk about that it is used for that. So that is something, that is a discussion that you need to have with With your your doctor. doctor. Yeah, Mm -hmm. whether to use it to prevent any kind of cardiovascular, because declining estrogen can affect your blood vessels, as Mm -hmm. we said. And so you want to really pay attention to that. And that is between you and your doctor. Right. Of course, being your own best advocate, choosing doctors who are not dismissive, Right, or are guilty of medical gaslighting you, and that'll be enough. That'll be in that other episode too, right? This is all in your head. What are you crazy? You're not. You're not feeling that. This right. is what happens at your age. Mm-hmm. Um, all the things that women have told me that they have heard from their doctors, like me. Right. I, should I go for preventative screening? No, you don't look like you need it. It's the craziest thing. Yeah, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Right. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. But you know, they can't make any money off of you if you're not. You know, yeah. well, anyway, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Okay. We did an episode about medical gaslighting back in October of okay. 2022. Okay. Mm-hmm. Almost a year ago. So mm-hmm. yeah. So we can put a link to that episode. In the description. Yes. Yeah. And other things that according to the American Heart Association, menopause does not cause cardiovascular disease. However, risk factors created by a lifetime of unhealthy habits can lead to it. Right. So if you have grown up eating a lot of sugar. Or high fat diet. Mm-hmm. Fast food. Bad fat. Fast mm-hmm. foods. Smoking. Smoking. Big yep. one. Mm-hmm. Lack of exercise. Mm-hmm. This can all increase your risk of cardiovascular disease. Right. So all of those things. It's a cumulative effect. Just like yeah. anything else. It yeah. really is. Yeah. And mm-hmm. a shocking statistic is that more than one of every three adult women has some form of cardiovascular disease. Wow. Yeah. And an overall increase of heart attacks is seen about 10 years after a woman reaches menopause. Hmm. So that's why the effect of estrogen, they're saying that estrogen has a benefit to blood vessels, to protecting your heart. So once you have reached your 12-month anniversary of the stopping of the menses, 
10 years after that is what you're saying. Mm -hmm. They see an increase. In heart attacks. Mm -hmm. So I would say, you know, obviously they're saying estrogen protects the heart. But if you're doing all the right things, if you're moving, if you're eating a healthy diet, your risk level obviously is going to be lower than someone who just ignores all of that, along with the decrease in estrogen. Right. Well, this goes back to what we've been talking about. I mean, you and I have been talking about it for forever. It's small things. Mm -hmm. The idea here is do whatever small things you can do to minimize your risk factor. Right. And if you get to the point where you have to have pharmacological intervention Mm -hmm. (laughs) or you have to have acute care, then so be it. You move forward with whatever conversations you're having with your doctor for what's best for you. But there's ways to reduce your risk factors that are non-invasive and that are small. Right. And setting aside the whole question about hormone replacement therapy. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that's very controversial nowadays. It's extremely controversial. Mm -hmm. And I will say that I, myself, I do Mm -hmm. take bioidentical hormone replacement therapy Mm -hmm. and have for a good long time. So for me, that's a choice that I made after discussing it with my doctor. Yeah, and it can be a lifesaver for many women. Mm -hmm. I mean, there there can be very debilitating symptoms of menopause. And for many women, HRT is the only way to go. Right. And of course, that is a conversation, again, to have with you and your doctor, what your risk factors are, and determine what is best for your health. Mm -hmm. What I don't appreciate sometimes is doctors, I guess, guilting women into, like, there may be women who don't want to do it. And I have actually coached many of those women. They just, for some reason, whether it's a health issue, a personal reason, do not want to do hormone therapy. For me, I chose not to do it because when I was on birth control, I had adverse reactions. I had migraines and different reasons. And it just kept me from wanting to do the hormone therapy. But I felt as a health coach with what I was doing, with my lifestyle, that I could manage the symptoms. And I did. And, you know, of course, now I do have osteoporosis, which they're saying that estrogen does protect against that. And we can have that a whole other conversation. I feel there are other reasons that led to that. Right. Well, it's never just one thing. Right. And so that's a conversation that you definitely need to have. Okay. So this brings me to my next point mm-hmm. and something, again, we could talk about more in upcoming episodes. And Susan and I did that medical gaslighting episode back last year. But I really get frustrated that there's such a lack of information mm-hmm. about women's health yeah. out in the medical world. Yeah. Modern medicine here in the West has largely discounted women's health and menopause and just all those things that they should have been studying all along. Right. So that women would get to their menopausal years and still be vibrant and happy and healthy and living their best lives. Right. Right. And that is such a crying shame because some of these menopausal symptoms include a lot of depression, a lot of brain fog, a lot of exhaustion, and things that really just can grind you into the ground. And, you know, all of those things combined, right, if you're depressed, which can lead to not eating well, which can lead to not exercising right. well, all of those things can lead to cardiovascular disease. Mm-hmm. So all of those symptoms that you're having that may not be treated could also be be contributors to... Make the situation mm -hmm, worse. mm -hmm. And so in my mind, this has to stop. This has to, at some point, I know I'm repeating myself, but really what I'm hopeful for 
about your generation and my generation moving forward is that we have more buying power, more influence, Mm -hmm. more ability than we ever have before to demand better health care, more attention, and that the medical community Mm -hmm. step up and start studying menopause and other health issues that directly affect women. And not just menopausal women, but women of all ages. Right. Because, I mean, everything that leads up to menopause will affect your menopause. Right. So it'll affect your longevity. And we talked about this earlier, how the research done on women's health was actually performed on men. Right. And we can get into that in the medical misogyny Mm -hmm. uh, episode. So it's been lacking forever. Forever. Yes. And it's. I think it's slowly getting better because I hear doctors talking about it like on Instagram and Facebook right. because they admit they they had like maybe an hour of menopause training. In medical or, school. Yeah. Right. Or women's health mm-hmm. or women's health in general. And they had to do their own research post-graduation, <laughs> post-graduate, right. post-residency, whatever. They had to do their own research to find out how to help these women. Yeah. Well, it's... A shame. It really is. Because women in my life could have benefited from some better care mm-hmm. <laughs> and not suffered. Well, then this is why it's not a surprise with those statistics that I read earlier, right? That if you're treated by a male physician and during mid-heart attack, you're three times more likely. What was it? Three times more likely to die? That's just an astounding yeah, statistic. Two to, two to three more times likely to die. Okay, let's say that clear. Let's okay. let, let's start over and say that more clearly. Okay. What's the statistic? The statistic is women whose heart attacks are treated by male physicians are two to three more times likely to die. Wow. And obviously, that is directly linked to their lack of education on women's health. Well, yes, and... Not just their lack of education, but the lack of attention paid by the medical community in general. Right, to women. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yes. And, and, and basically, because the studies were done on men and men's heart attacks, the assumption was that women would present the same way. Mm-hmm. Which has borne out to be not the case. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so medical community out there, if you're listening... We are asking that you give us a fair shake and do your best to look at us as individuals Mm -hmm. and try to treat us accordingly. (laughs) We're counting on it. We are counting on it. It's Mm -hmm. a matter of life and death. I tell you what, though, I think we should go get the lifeline screening together. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do an episode. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. Okay, we can check it out. Unless the results are bad, then that would be not good. (laughs) Oh, boy. <laughs> no, I'm, ca- I'm counting on them being good. Yeah, so of course. After all, I don't look like I have any issues, right? <laughs> well, I, I would be very surprised if either one of us had any issue. Well, we know we have issues. It just might mm-hmm. not be that. <laughs> because neither one of us take medication. No. Nope. And you're 65. Yeah. And yeah. that's saying something. Yeah. I, my blood pressure is great. Mine um, too. Yeah. Yes, so, mine too. Yeah. I mean, chances are my doctor was correct. But mm-hmm. you never. Know. <laughs> I just want to make sure. Just want to make sure. I just want to make sure. You just want to have that peace, peace of, of mind. mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any last minute thoughts or anything else that you want to say about this? I just want women to really pay attention to their bodies. What is the saying that I, I love? Listen to your body. 
when it whispers so you don't have to hear it scream. Ooh. Yeah. So we want to make sure that we're paying attention to any little thing that's happening that doesn't feel like the norm. It's out of the ordinary. And yes. obviously, if you're having any of those symptoms we talked about, get to a hospital. Maybe don't drive yourself like my girlfriend did. Um, but <laughs> maybe, you know, call an ambulance, have your husband, your girlfriend, somebody take you. But really pay attention to how you are feeling. And there's a sad statistic that shows only 20% of millennials are aware that cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death in the U.S. It's for both men and women. We want to be sure that we are educating our younger generations on preventable measures to ensure that they have a long, healthy life. Right. Like I said, I really hope young people are listening to this, not just women who are 45 and older. I hope this information filters out to young people because Mm -hmm. they need to be made aware of this. I feel like young people are getting a raw deal nowadays, Mm -hmm. financially, economically, (laughs) and with the decline in longevity. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I think for the third year in a row, I think I just read this, life expectancy in the U.S. has declined, has Mm -hmm. gone down. Yeah. Now, a lot of that is due in part to COVID. COVID. But that has existed. Yeah, prior to that. Life expectancy for the younger generation, and I don't know if they were referring to millennials or who comes after millennials. Mm, Gen Z? Gen Z. I think. For the first time ever in history, their life expectancy was expected to be shorter than mm. than ours. Well, this information needs to filter out, mm-hmm. so make sure you're telling your kids they need to get exercise and eat right, etc. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about the signs that you might be we'll having a heart attack. Again. One more time. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uncomfortable pressure, squeezing, fullness, or pain in the center of your chest. It lasts more than a few minutes or goes away and comes back. Mm -hmm. Pain or discomfort in one or both arms, the back, neck, jaw, or stomach. Mm -hmm. Shortness of breath with or without chest discomfort. And other signs such as breaking out in a cold sweat, nausea, or lightheadedness. And again, the most common for men and women is the chest pain, but women are more likely to have the shortness of breath, nausea, vomiting, and back or jaw pain. Okay. So ladies, spread the word. Mm -hmm. Those are the signs that you're likely having a heart attack. And if they are persistent, you need to make sure you're calling 911, get to the hospital right away. Don't drive yourself. No, do not drive yourself. (laughs) Yeah, that would be bad. No. Okay. So last but not least... Can you discuss what the specific tests are for the Lifeline screening? Yeah. So they have a package that includes five core screenings. They do an ultrasound of the carotid arteries looking for fatty plaque blockages that can build up and block blood flow. They do an ultrasound of the abdominal aorta to look for an aneurysm, a ballooning or stretching of the aorta. They check for atrial fibrillation. AFib, which is the most common type of heart rhythm problem. This is also a stroke risk factor. So if you have that, when the heart doesn't beat properly, blood can pool in the heart and eventually these clots are pumped out and they can travel to the brain and cause a stroke. So they check for that. Peripheral arterial disease screening, which is to check for blockages in the small arteries of the ankles and feet. Uh, Blockages here are a warning sign for blockages in other arteries. And they also do a test for osteoporosis risk. And that involves an ultrasound of the shin bone or tibia. Wow. Yeah. So you get a good deal. And I think it's only like $149 for all of that. That's pretty 
comprehensive for yeah. a small amount of money. Yeah. yeah, that's not a bad idea. Yep. Yeah. Now, I will say that I've had a cardiac calcium test, mm-hmm. and my score always comes back zero. That's one where you do not want to get a 100 right. you know, on that test. <laughs> right. And I've had a couple of them, and they've both come back several years apart, mm-hmm. and they've both come back zero. So Good. Excellent. Mm-hmm. So low blood pressure, and I walk a lot. I try to... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doing the good stuff. I'm doing the good stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to do that and then report back yeah. to our listeners who are waiting with bated breath to know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how well we're doing with our with our life Yes. <laughs> yes, for sure. So I know I want to stick around for a long time. I've got with all your grandbabies. Yeah, yes, I've got, for I've sure. Got number seven on the way. And That's amazing. Yeah, I want to be here as long as I can and cuddle those little things mm-hmm. <laughs> and be able to run around on the floor yep. and whatever yep mm-hmm. do it all do it all travel with them <laughs> mm-hmm. so fun yeah well that's a lot to take in for yeah. a short period of time so i think we'll wrap it up here mm-hmm. and say that all this information anything that we can provide for you we'll put in the description mm-hmm. of this podcast episode and if you have any questions or comments please we want to hear from you let us know whatever you would like to say in the comments and we'll be keeping an eye on that. And also you can find us on social media. So check that out as well. And here's to your good health. That's right. Here's to your good health. (laughs) See you in the next one. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Girlish Gurus. We hope you'll join us next time for another fun and interesting topic. And please be sure to check the notes for information and links that were included in this discussion today. Also, don't forget, you can find us on our social media platforms, starting with Instagram, Facebook, and now including YouTube. You can find us by searching Girlish Gurus, and you can also check out our website, girlishgurus.com, for more information on us, our projects, books, and our growing community. Finally, remember to give this episode a good review and share it with your girlfriends because the more interaction we get with our podcast episodes, the more episodes we can post. Thanks again. See you next time. Bye. Bye.